Nosta Pub. Good evening, all. Today on Kerdoriath Celtica, we're bringing you a bit of a bonus episode because the regular episode I had planned was a little bit ambitious and life just got in the way. Uh, however, this is the extended edition of the conversation I had with my friend Tabitha in an earlier episode where we talked about Grace O'Malley and Irish history and unsavory political allies making strange bedfellows and all that from our episode Oro Shedeva Hawalia. Fear not, you will be getting that slightly ambitious uh, planned for episode next fortnight. But in the meantime, enjoy! Mwen hai! Prinhan da Carolyn Dui a Kreiso e Starlight Radio Dreams presents Kerdoria Celtica. Good afternoon, I'm Carolyn, and welcome to Starlight Radio Dreams Presents Kerdoriaith Celtica, Celtica's music. With me, spiritually and electronically, is a very special guest co-host, my good friend Tabitha. Say hi, Tabitha! Hello! Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite women of history, and let her inspire us to resist oppressors today. I've asked Tab to join me in this, because she has been portraying Grace O'Malley at Renaissance fairs for... How long, Tab? Five or six years or more. There you go. I feel like. (laughs) So I thought it would be pretty cool to have her to add her wealth of knowledge to this conversation. You've played Grace's daughter as well. uh, Her only daughter. So we've we've (laughs) had, you know, that kind of relationship as as actors (laughs) with each other. So Pouring one out for Maeve. Love you, Maeve. Maeve, who uh, married a gentleman whose nickname was the Devil's Hook. Yup. Because <laughs> his name was the same name as Grace O'Malley's husband. Grace's husband, Richard Burke, uh, was called Iron Richard. Which I can only imagine. Nicknames. I know we've had a lot of fun yes. imagining teenage Maeve O'Malley having to deal with a father or stepfather called Iron Dick. Yeah. It's like, no. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. It's the worst. <laughs> Mom, you know what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> like the reason for their nicknames is hilarious. Like at, for some, like for Iron Dick, uh, Iron Richard, it was believed it was because he wore his ancestral armor, but he also had iron ore on his land, so it could be like a combination of both things. So could be one, could be the other, could be both. Yeah, we don't know. So. I definitely like imagining a, like, Irish, you know, chieftain or man of importance just being like, hey, we got this armor. I'm gonna wear it every day. I own it. Why not wear your favorite clothes every day if you can? Exactly. (laughs) I'm loud everywhere I go. (laughs) However. (laughs) And she would defend them against enemies. I mean... You know, if, you know, his great-great-great-grandfather wore it, why can't he? So. And uh, wasn't there, I can't remember if it was her, I think it was Grace O'Malley's brother was called Toby of the Pipes? Uh, uh, Donald uh, of the Pipes, yeah. Donald of the Pipes. Yes. Because uh, either he was a musician or Pipes pipe. was also referred to an alcoholic beverage. Like the, the yeah. thing that they, how they dispensed it, pipe. I believe. Yeah, a pipe of wine. Yes. Um, yeah. so could be both. 
I mean, one so often leads to the other. It's true. <laughs> I know I can't go two drinks without being like, does anybody want to do a sing song with me? Yeah. Can we all sing songs now? <laughs> well, and that's how, obviously, in mul- like, multiple cultures, they would their history was passed on through song. So they had Absolutely. bards, you know, that's the, and they would sing the history. Plus, I mean, we didn't have the radio. We didn't have TV. We didn't have so many of the things that we now entertain ourselves with. Yeah. So it was totally common to just like, and we're hanging out. You guys want to sing? We're going to sing. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> you just spend hours singing because you wanted to. Right. Why not? And I'm sure Grace's father was thrilled that his son didn't want to sail. And preferred to be a musician instead. <laughs> or a drinker. <laughs> or a drinker. Or both. <laughs> so, But, you know, turns out he had a kid who was very happy to join the family business. Yes. <laughs> well, and Just not the one that culture might have dictated exactly. was the normal one. And I think that says something in regards to the relationship with she had with both of her parents. And just Ireland at the time, women were allowed to own property. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they had money in their own right and land in their own right prior to the whole English thing taking over. So the fact that her father was like, yes, I will teach this girl uh, to be a sailor because she apparently loves it. And she's is a natural, you know, talent uh, as far as being a sailor goes. He didn't repress that need or want and urge that she had. He's like, yes, Mm -hmm. I will show you how to do this. And the mom kind of, kind of reluctantly, I think, going all, along with it. So, yeah. I mean, it happened in the end, whether she liked it right. or not. <laughs> but hopefully, Grace and her mom had a good relationship. I think she. I hopefully, think, all of us get I, to have yeah. good relationships with our parents. Well, and she also did the proper thing at age fifteen. Grace got married and mm-hmm. you know had children, which was the the proper thing for a woman to do uh to be head of her own household type of thing and especially a woman of importance in her community correct yeah like if because she's part of the ruling family right is that correct her father was the chieftain of their clan right yes owen he was the chieftain at the time and it was a political marriage so as you were saying grace o'malley wasn't at all about a unified ireland free from England. I mean, she didn't like them. She was about her own thing. Right. Yeah. Her priority, always and forever, was her patch. Yes. And keeping her life the way she wanted it to be. And by extension, her people's lives. Yes. Because she was elected chieftain for a period of time of the O'Malley clan. Which, again, a woman it's unheard of. uh, Especially in Ireland. Well, and anywhere, really. Yeah, in this day and age. Yeah. So the fact that they, the way they voted was who they felt could provide for the people the best as far as defend them and provide, you know, coin or food uh, and trade and such. So, and they voted as Grace that she was the leader that they needed in order so they wouldn't starve. Are you ready to learn our word of the day tab? Why, yes, I would love to learn a word of the day. So in the past, I've tried to do an Irish word of the day if I'm doing an Irish song. Mm-hmm. But today I realized I just don't know Irish well enough to actually make that decision. Okay. Well. So we're doing a Welsh word of the day. All right. Because I can understand Welsh better. 
on account of I'm learning it. <laughs> um, so, the Welsh word of the day, it's a phrase, it is croiso adrev. Croiso, what is it? Crois. Croy. Croy like LaCroix. Okay. Croy. Croy. So. So. Ah. Ah. Drev. Drev. Mm-hmm. All right. Croiso Adrev. Croiso Adrev. Lovely. Close. Pretty close. All right. Uh, it means welcome home. Aww. Uh Listeners may recognize the word Croiso from my intro in every episode when I say Croiso Starlight Radio Dreams presents Kerboria Celtica. It means welcome. That's why I say it. And I chose it because the song we're talking about today, Oro Shedeva Hawalye, means Oro, which is just an exclamation, like, oh yep. ho. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it means, oh ho, welcome home. Figured that was thematically relevant. <laughs> and I would like to give a special thank you to Lilith for requesting this song ages ago. Thank you, Lilith. And also thank you for being patient while I figured out how to do a half-decent pronunciation of the Irish. Oh god, it's so hard. It's just, it's not a phonetic system no. that I have much education on at all. No, so, none. Uh, like I got to call in my friend Colleen Davick, thank you Colleen, who speaks Irish and has been studying it for a decade or two. No, oh, I might um, have to look her up and chat with do. her. Oh, I'm sure she'd be delighted. She very much enjoys talking about Irish. So thank you to both of those people for making this episode happen. Let's jump right into that song and talking about it. All right. First, I wanted to go over some of the metamorphosis that this song has experienced over okay. its lifetime. Yep. It's a folk song, so most of its origins like going right back to the beginning are of course lost to time right because it was oral tradition and well and when the english started to take over ireland yeah mm -hmm. they were trying to get rid of that oral tradition and those that sang all of the songs and kept that tradition was outlawed that they weren't allowed to sing or perform that type to pass on the history so yay english <laughs> Thanks, colonization. <laughs> you didn't rob anyone of delightful cultural treasures. No, not it's at fine. All. Thank goodness for oral tradition, because that's a lot of where her story stayed alive. It was just passed on from people who knew her from generations, just passing it on. And Anne Chambers, who is the author of one of her biographies, who then researched this, talked to the, those that had the oral traditions, and she's actually the one who found the paperwork in England that showed the transcript of the answers that she wrote back to Elizabeth prior to their meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Without, I mean, without oral tradition, I wouldn't have this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the entire thing. And yeah, just the number of things that we, I love, not because oral tradition is bad or ineffective, but because the people who started doing oral tradition and who made it their modus operandi those people just assumed that no one would ever try to exterminate them yeah i mean or their culture who would think that so um <sighs> yeah <laughs> history Neat. there is a tradition of people with writing systems 
believing they have a better idea than people without them. Mm -hmm. That goes back ages and ages. I mean, the Romans stamped Roman numerals and the Latin alphabet all the way across Europe. And that's why we're looking at a, what feels like a very confusing transliteration uh, scheme for the Irish language. Oh god, yeah. Because we're shoving it into the Latin alphabet. And, of course... It doesn't fit great. Nope. It's a different language. It's yeah. got sounds that the Latin language has none of. Duh. It's not a good match. And likewise with Welsh. People are always saying, you know, Welsh makes no sense to read. Derp a derp. It's like, no, it does. You just, first off, <laughs> there's a history of oppression going yeah. back to the Romans. Second off, it is phonetic. They do have a rule. And same with the Irish. It's true. Yeah. And Irish and Scottish are similar, but completely different languages. Like, they yeah. share a lot of the same starts type of thing. Like, oh, okay, that means yes and, you know, or hello in Ireland. A very similar kind of sounding word is in Scottish. Um, but it's, it's littered with copies. Yeah. It is true. That those two languages are both in the, like, Gaelic branch. That's why we call both of them Gaelic. Right. Duh. Of the Celtic language umbrella. Mm -hmm. So you've got those two. And then on the other side, so, like, cousins instead of siblings, you've got your Welsh, your Breton, your Cornish. And I think maybe Manx might have also been over in the Gaelic one. But now I don't remember. But yeah, so with the ones under the Gaelic umbrella... There's a fair amount of like, oh, there's a term for this that I forget, but it's like where you can generally pretty much understand each other, even though you're both speaking two different languages. Right. Like a person speaking Italian and a person speaking Spanish. They'll get pretty far mm -hmm. with comprehending each other, even though they're not speaking the exact same language. Yeah, they're kind of like, you know, cousins in language form, I yeah. think, where you can understand but it's not the same. Or in the metaphor I was laying out, they're more like siblings. <laughs> Whereas over here, you yeah. get your cousins. And like in Welsh, you do get some cognate early words that look like cognates because they must be going back to like the same proto-Indo-European root or whatever. Right. The Welsh word for school and the Irish word for school both sound very similar. Yes. But you would overall have less success than a Scottish, Scottish and Irish person. Both Correct. Gaelic's together. Going back as far as 1844, there was a Mr. Francis Hogan of Brennermore, uh, near Carrick on Shore, might be pronouncing that correctly, who knows, who said that he always heard this song with different lyrics mm -hmm. played at the hauling home or the bringing home of a wife. So, you know, as we think of like carrying her over the doorstep after the wedding, that moment. Right. So later, the song got new lyrics to be used in the Jacobite cause Okay, with Bonnie Prince Charlie, because right. the Irish liked Charlie on account of he was Catholic. Yep. And there are a good couple of Irish folk songs that got Bonnie Prince Charlie makeovers. Resistance culture. It's always been with us, and it's very good. <laughs> it's yes. Um, so we'll make our uh, resistance sound beautiful. Why not? I mean, as... Emma Goldman is questionably quoted as saying, a revolution without dancing is a revolution not worth having. Same sentiment. <laughs> if, if your resistance doesn't have beauty alongside the ugliness of the things you've got to do to make it happen, then what are we fighting for? Exactly. 
after it got its Jacobite makeover, it appeared again in the early 20th century, uh, being given uh, another makeover by the nationalist poet Patrick Pierce. And he, and it is his version that we will be singing today. Um, or I will be singing. We will be talking about <laughs> Yes. But yeah, and of course he chose to make it about Grace O'Malley, a figure who, like, we know the most things about her by the words of her enemies. He was part of the movement to bring her back out of the dark and yeah, make they, her a nationalist hero. Around the 17th century, I believe, um, an English person was trying to write Irish history. And I know they probably tried to write Grace out of history because she didn't fit in the loyal Irish standards because she played both sides of the fence between yeah. the English and the Irish. Um, because her family and her people were, like her clan, were the most important country came second. So she wanted to make sure her family was cared for. The loyal 100% Irish Ireland she didn't fit into that nice little peg. Also, she was a woman, so. Yeah. How could she possibly be part of a history How book? could she be? I mean, luckily, they found the letter with the answers that Grace wrote to Elizabeth I uh, in around the 1593. Um, Elizabeth wrote a bunch of questions, and Grace answered her, and of course, England keeps all of their paperwork so they have that transaction of of them having a well the at least letter before she was invited to england to greenwich uh to meet with her i know philip sydney which is uh henry sydney's son who was also a renowned poet was really enamored with grace i mean she's a poem unto herself yeah she really is <laughs> um and there's been speculation that he kind of flirted with her ish kind of or i i think he wrote it's not unlikely it's not unlikely <laughs> although he was of the age that her sons were uh from her first marriage hey, yeah have you ever been hit on by a teenager because i know you have <laughs> we all have oh my God. <laughs> yeah. that's a perfectly likely story renaissance fair <laughs> Walking dogs. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> interesting. Yup. Yeah. Although I will say to the credit of the dog I was walking, Allie is a very good girl and was like, um, no, I don't like this guy. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what a bad dog. She's barking at you and snarling a little. Oh no, Allie. Naughty, naughty. I guess I gotta go then, guy, and you have to stop talking to me. Oh, Shame, darn. huh? Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> dogs are perfect and magical and no one will ever convince me otherwise <laughs> she's captain she's chieftain what she's what <laughs> but yeah i love picturing what you just described there of like grace o'malley here to show her like pomp and circumstance her earthly power uh and we've got this you know skinny teen or 20 something just like yeah, um, I'm a poet. Uh, <laughs> your hair is like a rose, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Would you like me to compare your various... As a woman, second. Like, the rest of Ireland probably saw a woman first and 
Oh, wait, she's captain? What? <laughs> and I'm sure Grace was like, oh, that's cute. Um, uh-huh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Because I no. believe at that time she was just kind of not in it for, like, love. I mean, her second husband was a marriage of, he had a castle that I liked in a strategic location. So he's next uh, in line to become Mac William. So that was a political marriage as far as she was concerned. So So yeah, she may well have been like, yeah, sure, kid. Uh Uh-huh. Tell me, which country is my leg like? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I'm sure she had dalliances i mean she's a sea captain and she's a very powerful strong woman you know if men can do it why can't she and we know yeah we know in the historical record that she she liked sex yeah she did she enjoyed doing that yeah so uh the one person that they write about that she actually fell in love with was a younger man um he was a merchant's son um who was then murdered but uh but she took revenge on them like you do, you know. Like you do, like when you do. you're a chieftain. Based, with, yeah, she and live just, your life swimming in a sea of violence. Yeah, of course you do violence to someone else. Yeah, she waited until those that had murdered him were basically on a little island on a pilgrimage, and she went over there and told them how upset she was with swords. Yeah, with yeah. swords. <laughs> and then she went to their castle and basically said this castle is mine now you can leave or fight me for it i don't care but it's mine it's where she got many of her nicknames this one was the dark lady of dona so mm-hmm. and this is dona castle that she ended up making hers i mean and you also gotta love how many nicknames people picked up in this time it was nickname palooza i think that's the thing in ireland a lot of, just like in England, they had a lot of Francis's, Mary's, whatnot. Each culture is only allowed about four to six names of either end of the gender spectrum. Exactly. At a time. From what I've researched, the nicknames are given. You don't make up your own nickname. Um, As with all good nicknames. Yeah. And one of her, like her oldest nickname, Granuel, means Grace the Bald. As legend says, um, she chopped off all of her hair to go sailing with her father at like seven-ish because he gave her the excuse that her hair would be caught in the riggings. Even though he'd been teaching her to sail for years up at this point. No um, problem up till now. Right. But uh, now mom minds. Yeah, I think I think it was mom said, no, she's of the age now that this is, she has to be a lady. Um, and then Grace chopped off all of her hair, like you do. And because so much of this is, you know, gleaned from the leavings right. throughout history instead of whole cloth text, I'm sure some of that is, you know, later reconstruction of the story, but sure. it's a perfectly lovely version of the story that I very much enjoy. Who doesn't love a good gal chops off her hair to run away and do it better than the boys Exactly. Story? I mean, there's been conflicting stories where she stowed away or at... Um, and then revealed herself when it was too late for her dad to know to bring her back. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also versions that after she did it, he willingly brought her to Spain with him to trade. Mm-hmm. So the O'Malley clan was a seafaring family. They, they're right on the West Coast uh, and their main business business uh, was merchant trading. 
and some piracy on the side. So, you know, like you do, you know, <laughs> the Irish mafia, I suppose they would charge a fee uh, for people to pass through their waters because it's such a treacherous, uh, the closer you get to land in, in Ireland, it's very rocky and boats can't see the rocks underneath. And if mm-hmm. they were too big, they would, you know, strand themselves. So they would charge a fee to these ships coming in to safely bring them to port. Or else. <laughs> Which you gotta love. Yes. I mean, original girl boss? Well, there were other girl there bosses. There were other girl, like, I mean. But <laughs> yeah, in the in the vanguard of girl bosses. <laughs> it's true. Well, Elizabeth and Grace had a lot of similarities. Obviously a lot of differences. But they had a lot of similarities that they were around the same age. They were women in a men's role. You know, she was monarch and Grace is a, you know, leader for lack of a better uh, queen of her people or pirate queen, people say. But, yeah, you know, she was the leader of her people, her her clan. So there was obviously divergence there. Grace fought, actually fought and didn't order people to fight. Grace was in there up to her elbows. Right. Exactly. Elizabeth was, you know, commanding statecraft. And yeah. All that stuff. So they both have plenty of faults and they both have plenty of virtues. Yes. But they definitely had a wonderful, there, there's a wonderful parody to that moment mm-hmm. in history between these two women. I think they both had good, like, they, they were very charismatic, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth in her way and, and Grace in hers. Um, to have people be so loyal to both of them as, as women in these men's roles. Absolutely. Yeah. Which... Both of them probably had to work five times harder to get the respect that just a man becoming leader he fell into just because he was a man. Absolutely. So. And I mean, I know we have, because the English save all their paperwork. Right. We have account upon account upon account of the ways that Queen Elizabeth was on the tightrope of, Mm -hmm. I need to be, I need to act masculine enough that everyone agrees I'm doing it right because the only way to do it right is to be a man but i can't act so masculine that they now believe i'm not a woman right because now i'm an abomination (laughs) like um and doubtless grace o'malley was walking a similar similar tightrope yeah with you know just less written down about it yeah (laughs) so the translation is a ho welcome home a ho welcome home a ho welcome home now that summer's coming. Hail, O woman, who was so afflicted. It was our ruin that you were in chains, your fine land in the possession of thieves, while you were sold to the foreigners. Grace O'Malley is coming over the sea, armed warriors as her guard. Only gales are they, not French nor Spanish, and they will rout the foreigners. May it please the king of prodigy that we might see Although we may live but one week after, Grace O'Malley and a thousand warriors dispersing the foreigners. The imagery of like, oh, I would die tomorrow happy if tonight I could see Grace O'Malley showing up with a crap ton of warriors (laughs) to just get the dang British out of my damn lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
Well, uh, getting back to the song, uh, talking about her uh, gals, uh, I believe is a gals. Uh, they're referring to the gal glass, um, I believe. Mm is what they are and they are hired mercenaries a lot of times they were scottish but sometimes uh well kern were considered irish warriors but the irish would hire gallo glass gallows from scotland to fight with them for i mean they would pay them like come here's money fight with my people to add extra arms against whatever enemy uh, you had at the time so that's awesome. And I know that the rest of that line, neither French nor Spanish, I know that that specific line was just lifted with very little changing from the Jacobite version. Because mm-hmm. in the Jacobite version, they're like, he's coming with warriors, French and Spanish. Because Bonnie Prince Charlie was recruiting in France right. and Spain. But so Pierce was like, uh, I don't want to have to readjust the rhyme any further. <laughs> so they are Gales. <laughs> Not French or Spanish. Yes. (laughs) Which, hey, as someone who's done a fair amount of adaptation of lyrics for one thing or another. Yeah, I get it. You don't have to readjust the rhyme scheme if you can avoid it. Yeah, I can only (laughs) imagine. I'm not good at that kind of thing, so words are hard. Words are so hard, hard. Tab. (laughs) I love that song, so it's it's actually on my, when I get ready to be Grace O'Malley, it's part of my music that I played to get into character and I have like a couple of versions uh, on my playlist for for her for me getting ready to be her hopefully you have reason to add another version and of mine oh my goodness who knows oh my god I'm 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 probably actually gonna do that so oh Oh, 
that was gorgeous. That's Thank very you. Pretty. Something you said earlier about Grace O'Malley, you know, working with the English when it was convenient, working against the English when she needed it, mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, working with, you know, an unsavory partner makes me think of this election, frankly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where I personally have a lot of ideological differences with Biden and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Right. There are a lot of things that I would do differently than they choose to do it, but hold your nose and vote, man. Yeah. (laughs) Ultimately, it's a choice between them and Trump, which it absolutely is. Which is a nightmare. no way around it. Yeah. (laughs) Then I choose this one. Yeah. We've been on fire long enough. (laughs) Yes. Because in this matter, it's much like Grace O'Malley of... No, I don't like the English, but if the English are going to serve my purpose, I will work with them. Yeah. (laughs) She would also work with them to kind of let them know how much power she actually had. Mm. In around like 1574-ish, Henry Sidney was the person who tried to enforce English law in Ireland. And Grace agreed to bring him to whatever destination he needed to on her ships for a fee, of course. Um, But it was also a show of, I have this fleet at my command. England. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, he was going to write back and say, I just met this sea captain and she has all of these men loyal to her and has a yeah. force, you know, so. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I can drop you off. Did you notice my Mercedes? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll pick you up in my bed. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice my army right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so any parting thoughts before we before we head out wind her up um oh god there's so much and yet i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i suppose like a parting thought is even though they tried to erase grace from history her history is such that i feel that Grace wouldn't allow it to happen because she was a force in her time. Mm. I feel like she was able, like, I don't know, you know, depending on what you believe as far as spirituality and such, but I I feel like somehow she was able to allow those knowledge in order to continue on with her tradition, uh, uh, her oral, like, stories and such. And then... Oh, yeah. Um... And if anybody's really interested in reading more about Grace, uh, I do recommend Anne Chambers' uh, Granuel uh, autobiography of Grace. Uh, that is my Bible. Um, I, there are a couple <laughs> of others um, that are pretty good. But Anne Chambers, she's the, as I said, she's the one who actually found um, the paperwork that recorded the the answer question answer between her and elizabeth in the meeting and she went and got all the oral tradition and those that knew it and researched her and just general irish history at that time in in this book so it's it's a very good read if you're actually really interested in finding more about her it's sad that she's still kind of an unknown 
in history. Mm -hmm. Even to people in Ireland, a lot of people don't know who she is. The West Coast does, sure. uh, which is the part of Ireland she's from, County Clare, County Mayo. That part of Ireland is actually trying to teach Irish now in schools to bring that language back and have it more prominent. And I know it's prominent in the West Coast. Like, that is the most Irish part of Ireland, from what I have heard, as opposed to Dublin is more... That's a more of a port city. It's more multicultural, more English. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I know there was a period of time where Dublin was, I believe, overtaken by like the Vikings yes. and stuff. So it's had more influence, uh, more infusions. Yes, of it's had more different cultures. Yeah, infusions in of cultures that come through it. But that the West Coast has, by virtue of geography, largely <laughs> gotten to preserve. It's it's a little more under glass. Yeah. Oh, then that part of Ireland and that time was harder to get to as well, okay. both by sea and by land. It was very treacherous to get to that part unless you knew what you were doing to get there. You know, Grace is fascinating, along with Elizabeth, but we know a lot about Elizabeth the first. Yeah. And the fact that there was a woman around her age that was just as formidable uh, as Elizabeth is just fascinating. And I want to see someone do that story. Yeah. So bad. But do it correctly because because yeah there have been a couple of adaptations of her life and none of them have been no. great so far <laughs> well a couple in like just a couple of adaptations of that time frame of elizabeth uh mary queen mm. of scots don't watch that movie if you want history i've watched it and it is rough they wore denim <laughs> Um, she wouldn't have a scottish accent because she was raised in france or no, I'm thinking of the uh, the Mary Queen of Scots starring Vanessa Redgrave, which is oh okay from like the 70s or whatever, which is equally yeah. rough historically speaking. Yes, <laughs> and also like you know like attitudes about women speaking. Yes, I definitely agree. It would be so good to see more talk about Grace O'Malley in the world. <laughs> the actual history is just so fascinating. Like Hollywood, please don't destroy that. <laughs> Yeah, You know, you've done it with Elizabeth, you've done it with Mary Queen of Scots. But even, like, taking it out of, as much as I would adore seeing a really good, um, like, dramatic retelling of Grace's life, mm -hmm. I would also be super happy to see more just, like, documentary-style information put out on Grace O'Malley. Yeah. Because she's a fascinating lady. Lucy Lawless did a mm -hmm. documentary series about women uh, leaders and warriors and one of the segments was about... it was called Warrior Women? Yes, Warrior Women, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and one was about Grace. Uh, yeah. There's also one about Bodica uh, as well, mm -hmm. uh, which is also very good. So... Another one of my good, good gals. Yes. Women's history. Yes. She is <laughs> fascinating. So... Well, thank you so much for joining me, Tab. Well, thank you for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. As I said, I can yeah. talk about Grace forever. Ad nauseum. for all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll run out of oxygen before you run out of desire to talk about Grace. Accurate. <laughs> Although it's 2020, it could happen. Who knows? Who knows? That could be next. I mean, oh. murder hornets. That's a thing. None of us saw that coming no. down the horn. This was just really, really rewarding to be able to talk about this amazing figure of women's history, of people who fight oppressors' history, resistance history. It's awesome. So thank you. I really appreciate it. As I always say, listeners, correct me. When I know better, I can do better. In the meantime, 
I'm striving on my own to know better, not just with Irish, in this case, but with all things in my life, especially when it comes to my privilege. And you can too. So let's all know better and do better. Please continue to donate, contact your representatives in government, have hard conversations with your loved ones, join marches if you feel moved to do so, and engage in self-critique. Also, please make sure you are registered to vote. Oh my god, yes, vote. And get that stuff done early, as early as you can. There will be some links on the Facebook page for Kerberia Celtica to give you more information about donating to the cause, about registering to vote, that kind of stuff. You'll find links on the webpage for Kerberia Celtica at Starlight Radio Dreams to get my links for sources that I used in today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Black Lives Matter. Diochin Vaurum Rando. My Bewadavian Buisig. Hoil.